Hey, what's happening, everybody? Welcome back to Mental Health Casual. It was really hard for me not to say answer questions from Reddit because usually that's what I'm doing. Decided to take a break from that today. Um, you know, sometimes I feel like I need, you know, I, I need I need consistent content. So that's really why I use Reddit. It's just something that gives me more talking points than I usually do. And I've actually learned a lot from Reddit and I, I'm going to keep doing this. This is not, this is not me being like, oh yeah, I don't, I don't need Reddit or anything like that. You know, I really like these mental health subreddits and I think they've, they've really taught me a lot about the, the, um, the kind of feelings that people have, you know, the certain feelings that people have towards um, mental health and uh, for themselves, you know, I think that, I, I think that a lot of people have these types of feelings. And so, you know, seeing more people. You know, I think that's why it's really important to talk about these things because you start to realize that you're not the only one in the world. I know I've talked a lot about that a lot, but you know, I thought I would talk a little bit about my my father just because I I, th I feel like I talk about him quite a bit. I don't know how many of you guys actually watch my uh, YouTube channel or you know, it's been a long time since I've actually talked about him on my YouTube channel. I know I talk about him every now and then in my podcast, but. Um, I thought I would talk about, you know, one of the problems that I had later on in life after he passed away. But first, you know, let me give you a little bit of backstory. My, I'm one of three kids, tech, technically, on my, well, on my mom's side. And we all come from different fathers. My sister comes from a different father. My, my brother comes from a different father. And my mom has been divorced three times. The third time was to my father. And so, and I'm the youngest out of all three. And you know, my, my father was pretty strict and had a lot, uh, since he was, he was Samoan in the Samoan community, a lot of times, uh, corporal punishment is pretty widely used to discipline your kids. So you hitting them, um, all that kind of stuff, which I, I do have some disagreements with corporal punishment, but if that's how you choose to discipline your child, I don't think, I, I think there could be some benefits to it, especially when you hear kids now and they're completely like, ungrateful and spoiled and stuff it makes you feel like that's the natural answer but i don't i don't think it is i think it's just maybe being a little bit more strict with some of the liberties that you give them um until they're a little bit older but you know that that's a discussion for another time anyway we, i used to get hit a lot and whenever i'd go over to when my mom and my dad had divorced when i think i was five or six somewhere somewhere on preschool time uh he i when he would get me on fridays and then he'd bring me back on saturday and you know, it, it was one of the, like, the scariest times in my life because every single time I just remember every single Friday just feeling really, really scared to go over to his house. I was always like I had so much anxiety at that house because I didn't know if I was going to get hit. I, I wasn't I didn't grow up the same. So I always felt like I didn't fold the clothes right. I didn't fold this right. I didn't know how to pray at the table. You know, I went to church, but we never prayed before meals or anything like that so i didn't know exactly what it was and you know for people that don't know Samoans are, are really religious so it was really tough for me and i always felt like i just didn't belong there exactly but i always had my uh my grandmother uh, manu who was the um basically the matriarch of the family uh and she for some reason she took a liking to me and you know uh, kind of protected me from some of that the crazy stuff that was going on there uh but you know i definitely got hit whipped by belts by um towels smacked up to get uh, upside the head all that kind of stuff so i mean i've had a lot of different things happen and you know i can see it starting to die down a little bit in the samoan community like the like kids or people that are having kids like more my age uh 
you know, like my cousins and stuff, they, they aren't hitting their kids like as much. And you're starting, you're starting to kind of see that change happen. So it's kind of cool to see that as a generational thing. But uh, anyway, it, I always just had this really big fear of my father and it was, it just never really got any better throughout my whole life. I always felt like he, uh, you know, cause he was really big. He was about six, five was 280 pounds of pretty, you know, pretty solid muscle. And, you know, it, it, he just had this, this aura about him, you know, and even though he tried to be, he tried to be like nice to me sometimes, I could just tell that it was almost like forced or something like that. It, it, it never really felt like he actually wanted me there. It almost felt like an obligation, you know, um, because, you know, I found out later from one of my cousins that uh, my uncle Lay, who was the, the kind of the patriarch of the family, he was, he was technically my, my grandmother's, you know, he's technically my uncle, but I'm, my dad is like the youngest out of, a whole group of kids. So, um, you know, my dad is, my dad was like 20 or 30 years younger than some of his siblings, 20 years younger, yeah, 20, 20, 20 something years younger than his siblings. So, um, uncle a was kind of the, the patriarch of the house. And I remember he ended up, uh, I ended up hearing from one of my cousins later that, uh, you know, my uncle a had to force my dad to like, yo, did he eat anything? Did you feed him? And he would, he would get really on him about that stuff. And I never, I never really realized that, you know, and, you know, as I went along in life, it started to occur to me that I just I had so many image issues. I didn't really realize this until a lot later, but I had so much so much so many problems with my image because I wasn't meeting my dad's expectations. I wasn't a football player. I quit the football team after like two weeks and I just wasn't for, for me. I didn't like it. And, you know, whereas my father you know, would have been disappointed in me. I don't think I ever told him that I joined the football team. My grandfather was, you know, he, all he said to me, all he said to like my mom was that, you know, well, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm sad he didn't get to try it more because my grandfather was also a really big football player, but he said, you know, but you know, he can do whatever he wants, you know, that's, uh, you know, cause he, he felt like if I would have given it a little bit more of a chance, I might've had some more fun there, but you know, as long as, as you know, he said, as long as he's doing music, then yeah, that's cool. And I did. You know, I, that was how I, I played trombone on the in the marching band on the field and stuff. Um, it wasn't a marching band until my senior year, but you know, uh, but yeah, man, it's it, it was interesting, right? Because <clears throat> excuse me, because I went through life not really realizing the feelings that I had for my dad were was fear and anxiety. I just felt like I was being unreasonable to a certain degree. I always felt like I didn't exactly give him a chance, I suppose. And I just kept on blaming myself. And and then I eventually started blaming him. And the problem is you can't go through life just blaming every, like every single aspect on just one person, whether it be yourself or some other person, you know, you, you have to take some responsibility, but you also have to make sure that uh, you don't take the, all the responsibilities of, um, of everybody around you. And so, you know, I eventually got to the point where, you know, I, I just completely resented him. I remember one time I just remembered thinking, you know, cause I remember there was, pe my mom had like a thing of pepper spray just in case, uh, next to the door in case anything happened. And I remember just thinking like, I wonder if I, if I'd ever need to use this for him, you know, I just wondered if maybe if I could use, you know, I remember I had like some crazy thoughts at some point, like very intrusive thoughts that made me think like, you know, I wonder if I, if I got bigger than him and I beat him up, would he would he say he's sorry? You know, would that, would that make him say he's sorry? 
And you know, it's it's interesting because later on in his life, he his um, he was a pretty chronic drug user when he was with my mom, and um, especially of cocaine, that was one of his big things. And it's actually a really big thing amongst all of my, not all, actually, no, that's not true. That's not true. Um, some of some of the the uncles and uh, my father were really into that kind of stuff. And you know, my my father ended up having like some some false teeth. Um, pretty early in his life. I want to say when he was like 30 or 40 or something like that. So uh, it, it eventually got to the, you know, it eventually got to the point where this all caught up to him. Obviously, and also, you know, the, the Samoan diet, if you want to call it that, is not exactly conducive to uh, longevity. So, you know, all that put together, he ended up being put on dialysis after a while. Um, surprisingly enough, he ended up marrying after my mom. Probably when I was in middle school. Yeah, I want to say I was in middle school at the time, and you know, she was a his his new wife is like fantastic, a really really nice um, woman. But you know, I think he ended up giving what getting what he deserved because she also does she's a Samoan woman and she does not take any shit. Like there was a there was a story at my my father's funeral, and she told it where she, you know, she she uh he tried to like he tried to smack her smack her butt or something like that when they first met, and she's like, no, I don't I don't do that stuff. So I don't know how she ended up with him. But, uh, yeah, and then there's another story from my pastor that uh, was, like, uh, he was talking about my my dad and her ended up having an argument. And then she ended up getting him down on the floor and beating the shit out of him. And hit, my dad had to call the pastor over to help him out. And, yeah, it was the, it was pretty fun. It's interesting because I, I didn't really believe in karma. You know, that thing that says whatever comes around goes around. Until that. You know, I'm not saying that people are going to get exactly, you know, the same treatment that you got. But in this case, he definitely did. And it was, I don't know, it was something comforting about it a little bit to me. Because I didn't want him to get completely off the hook. Because I felt like I let him off the hook for most of it, you know. And then I talk about this very, you know, story a lot where uh, when he, I, the last time I ever saw him was in the hospital in, um, I don't remember what year it was actually to be real with you. I think it was 2017. And I remember, you know, when I got there, I wanted, I really just wanted to lay into him. So I, there was about like a two hour drive between my house and two, two, two and a half hours with, with traffic uh, to, to my, from my house to the, the house or to the hospital that he was staying at. And I remember getting there and just thinking, you know, they're probably going to leave me alone with him at some point. I wonder if I can just, I wonder if I could just tell him everything and just, you know, maybe, maybe I can, maybe I can make him feel the same way I did. But then when I got there, it was, it was different. You know, it, when I got there and I saw him the way he was, you know, with a tube down his throat and, you know, looking up at me, looking up everywhere. I mean, he was kind of, he was kind of on like uh, drugs and stuff to keep him going, but he had a tube down his throat to help him breathe and all that stuff. And it was, I don't know, man. It was interesting because when I saw him look the same way, because he had the same look that I did when I was little, you know, I, I couldn't, it, it, it like the, not the same look as in, in the eyes. It was just like, you know, that, 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 um, demeanor of helplessness. Like you don't know what to do. You don't know what's going on and you're scared. And 
you know, that's how I felt every time he'd hit me or every time he'd yell at me or every time he'd and eventually got to the point where every time every time I was in the car with him, you know, every time I'd go visit with him, every time I'd be in his presence, I didn't I got I felt scared and I felt like I was walking on eggshells around him. And eventually, you know, when I when I did get left alone with him, I ended up singing, you know, one of his favorite songs, which is How Great Thou Art. And I ended up telling him all this stuff, you know, I'd found Jesus and I'd found at that point, I really hadn't. And I didn't really know what that means. I, I still actually don't know what exactly that means to a certain degree. But I kind of said all this stuff because I wanted him to go to heaven in peace, you know, whatever you believe. But I, I didn't want him to worry about me anymore. I just said, don't worry about me. You know, I forgive you for what you did. But, you know, it's interesting. There was a guy from Mercy Me named Bart Millard, and he sang this song, I Can Only Imagine. And he he had a similar story to my father. And funny enough, I Can Only Imagine the movie came out, I think, about three or four months after my father passed away. And it was interesting because, you know, he, he didn't, uh, Bart Miller did an interview during um, during the a press release for that and he ended up saying something along the lines of because uh, his father passed away and you know he ended up forgiving his father for what he did but also uh, for you know beating him um he beat him a lot more severely than my father ever did to me so i just want to point that out and all the emotional scarring that he put on him and it was interesting he ended up saying something along the lines of you know it's weird because things started coming back because even though i forgave my father i didn't know how much I was forgiving, you know, because when you forgive somebody, forgiving all of what they've done to you is actually very difficult. And by forgiveness, I, I just want to make sure this is very clear. I, I, and I'm going to just look it up just to make sure that I don't uh, make sure that I don't, um, you know, I'm not paraphrasing or anything like that. Um, let's see here, right there. So I want to see. Uh, let's see. Forgive. Okay. So forgive means stop feeling angry or resentful towards someone for an offense, flaw, or mistake. So it doesn't mean forgiveness. People think that forgiveness is, you know, saying, oh, you know, you're admonished of all your deeds. Admonishment is not the same thing as forgiveness. And I just wanted to kind of make sure that's very clear because I think we've used, we've kind of, uh, we, we've kind of, uh, we've kind of looked at we've kind of looked at forgiveness as if it's like, I mean, admonishment is a great word for it, but um, you know, when you say forgive, it's almost like, it's like, Oh yeah, just forget about all the things they did. Don't worry about it. You know, forget and forgive. They're not the same thing. That's why you say forgive and forget. Um, but I didn't, you know, you don't forget. That's the thing about it. You know, forgiveness. Sure. It says letting go of those feelings of anger and hatred towards them. Sure. But I forgot, you know, you, you, you forgive him for one thing, but then another thing pops up and another thing pops up. And then, you know, you start to realize that there were a lot of things, you know, when I went to the hospital and I was hospitalized for mental health, I ended up talking about my dad extensively. I didn't even know he had any power over me. I didn't even know he, he meant anything to me. You know, I, I didn't realize it until then. And even though it sounds kind of stupid, I wasn't as introspective as I am now. You know, it, you become a lot more introspective when your brain breaks or, you know, whatever you want, <laughs> however you want to use that. And I started realizing very quickly that my dad had a lot more to do in my life than I thought. And this is kind of where the age old argument goes, because 
you know, we're starting to see fatherless rates uh, rise in America. And, you know, I started realizing, you know, I was like, oh, man, this is <clears throat> this is pretty crazy because, um, you know, at least for for me, I started I started realizing, um, you know, I started realizing how much fatherlessness had a role in what I went through. And because of that, I started also thinking to myself, you know what, maybe, maybe I wasn't as alone as I thought. And you start to realize there are a lot of people without fathers. You know, one of my, one of my co-hosts on one of my other channels is uh, fatherless as well. And it's interesting, right? When you meet somebody like that and when you, you know, cause it's kind of sad too, that there are so many kids that you can actually, you know, you can find people that don't have fathers and it's pretty common you know to see that but um you know when you know i started hearing about the fatherlessness rate going up and shooting up in certain communities it started making me really wonder if i could even be a father because i wanted to be a father or i want to be a father now and you know i didn't want to be a father back then because i was afraid that my my kid was going to end up like me i forgot i thought that if i you know first off i didn't want to change i just i just resigned myself to this kind of piece of shit person that just couldn't control any of his urges. So, you know, um, drinking all the time, um, jerking off all the time. Now, granted, you can say like, oh yeah, it's a normal thing for a boy, but I don't like the, I don't know. I don't use that as an excuse. Cause you know, I, I would, you know, I just do it all the time and, you know, eventually got to the point where it's, I started having like intimacy issues because of it. So, uh, in, in some ways. And so, you know, it got to, and then dr doing drugs, um, getting addicted to marijuana, getting addicted to alcohol. And I just started realizing that, you know, I didn't want kids because I didn't want to change, you know. I didn't want – and the reason why I say that is because I didn't want my kids to be put in – to be um, – to have a father like my dad. But I was already turning into my dad. So, therefore – so the premise is, right, therefore um, – you know, since I don't want my kids to be in a household that is uh, or to have a father like my dad. And since I'm turning into my dad, therefore, I should not have kids. That was kind of my reasoning be, uh, for it. And it's very defeating, right? Because I want kids, but I don't want to put in the work to better myself. And I started realizing that after a while. And you know, once I got sober, I started realizing a lot of things about myself, you know that I wasn't all these things that I told myself I am, you know, and, and it's funny because in uh, there's this great uh, religious song called uh, you are, uh, I am who you say I am, or I think it's a saying that they say, um, but it, it really is kind of true to a certain extent, even if you're not religious out there, I guess an equivalent would be, you know, you're, you don't, you don't, um, you know, don't let people define who you are, you know, you know, if you believe in God, let, God define who you are and whatever whatever deity you believe in. If you're not religious, then you get to define who you are, right? But don't let it be off of false premises. You know, make sure it's from a, from a an objective place, which is very tough to do when you're looking inside out. But you know, after a while, I started realizing I wasn't like my father. You know, I didn't. You know, I, I didn't do what my dad would have done, or I didn't. Um, do what my dad did to me when I was weak and a, when I was a kid and I was weak and I couldn't fight back. He just constantly kept power over me. 
But when he was weak and he couldn't fight back, I didn't do I didn't do any of those things. Now, you could argue maybe you did it out of fear. Sure, I could see that. Maybe you did it out of this. Maybe you did it because of this. Yeah, absolutely. But I can just say that it's probably good that I had those restraints because I don't think I don't see how in his last moments making him submit to me would have done anything. I don't see how if you know in his last moments making him feel terrible about himself would have done anything would have done anything different, you know. It's funny because even looking back and thinking about that scenario makes me feel some some type of pleasure, you know. But it's really a base pleasure. It's not it's not like a a pleasure of like oh this would fulfill me. It's more like oh this would teach that that you know quite frankly that motherfucker a lesson. But you know I think he got he got his he got his lesson from life. I think the decisions that he made the the relationships that he destroyed i think that those ultimately paid the paid the price for him and you know i think he ended up uh, having to face his face his demons head on and so you know even though i wanted my say you know because i think that's the thing that's the thing about revenge right is if somebody ends up let's just say you end up getting um you end up getting hurt by somebody in, so, in some way or shape or form and then all of a sudden somebody comes in and beats the shit out of that person. And you're just like, oh, man, you're like, you know, you would maybe be like, oh, that would be really cool. But if you if you're not feeling that way and you feel like, oh, I wish I would have been the one to do it. That's actually a very different feeling because all that is is just straight anger and vengeance because you wanted that vengeance for yourself. But. You know, my father wronged a lot of people and wronged and did a lot of wrong things. So he had to answer to a lot of things, a lot of different people, a lot of different higher power. Uh, you know, I had different, he had to answer to a higher power as well. So, you know, I, I started realizing after a while, you know, even though I hurt some days because my father, you know, I forgave my father for so much. I also feel good that I didn't have to do that. I didn't stoop so low, you know? So that's ultimately my, my thoughts on the whole matter. As always, guys, don't forget to check out all things casual in the link tree in the description box down below. Also, if you'd like to email me, you could email me at mentalhealthcasual at gmail.com. But as always, guys, don't forget to keep it casual.